kids and welcome to another episode of my spooky gay family. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Ms. Pizzy Miles. And I am your resident drag queen's resident sister, Sam Baxter. We are going to be doing a movie review tonight. We are talking about one of our very favorite uh, spooky ghost movies. Yes. If it can even be called that. I don't even know if this is technically a ghost movie. I'm not sure what genre this is in. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, like, I thought I knew before we rewatched it tonight. Now I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of hard to pin down because it's like a haunting movie, but it's also a ghost movie, but it's also just like general supernatural. It's also kind of a possession movie. And a it's little like, bit it's possession. Like... Uh, Zelda Rubenstein makes an appearance uh, <laughs> if you're watching it at the same time as the poltergeist. <laughs> Yes, technically. That. The poltergeist. My God, do you hear me the having a stroke right now? Are you going like to go? That? You're going to go on the Facebook and talk about the poltergeist. The gays. <laughs> I'm going to go on the Facebook and talk about the gays. Uh, yes, Zelda Rubenstein is not in this movie. It is Insidious. We are talking about Insidious today. Uh, here at My Spooky Gay Family, because it, we talk about this movie all the fucking time. Yeah, I think we've mentioned it on the podcast something like four or five times already and have never actually gone into an in-depth discussion of the film. We've only ever talked about kind of the fact that it scared the crap out of us when we first saw it. I would venture to say that we have probably talked about Insidious in almost every episode of this podcast. That That's probable. Honestly, the amount of times that I talk about this movie. <laughs> I mean, I can't think I can't think of a conversation we've had that hasn't looped around back to Gregory. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of hard. He's kind of hard to avoid. He's just everywhere. <laughs> we will explain who Gregory is a little bit later, but for now we're just going to jump right into talking about uh, Insidious as a movie. Do you remember the first time you saw Insidious? Yes, I do, and I think I've actually talked about this before on the podcast, so if you've heard this story before, I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell it again. Um... <laughs> So, me and um, our mutual friend Chris were going to go see Scream 4. <laughs> because I'd been waiting years for this movie. I was so excited. Nev Campbell was coming back. Like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And I got off work at, like, 8 o'clock, and we were going to the midnight showing. And I decided I was antsy. I wanted to be at the movie theater early for this midnight showing. And I'm like, oh, Insidious is playing at 10. We'll just go see. We'll go see The Clunker, and then we'll go <laughs> see Scream 4. Because I had taken one look at the fucking marketing campaign for this movie and been like, this is going to be the stupidest fucking shit <laughs> that has ever happened. Like, like, the tagline for this movie is literally Insidious is Insidious is Insidious is Insidious. Like, like, like it, it just keeps looping. And it's is like. Is it really? Yes, it is. That is wow. the, it was on the posters and I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to watch, go watch some crappy, like B movie, popcorn movie, and then go watch Scream <laughs> 4. And, um, did not read anything about the film before I went to see it. And if I had, I might've noticed that it was directed by James Wan and this was not going to be a shitty movie. A <laughs> shitty B movie. So, like, yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, 
we got to the theater and we sat down and I proceeded to wet myself for an hour and a half. And then we went to go see Scream 4 and I just felt so relieved the minute that Ghostface showed up. <laughs> You're like, oh, thank like, God, someone I like, recognize. oh, thank God, I'm safe. There's an adult here. I'm safe now. <laughs> Ghostface is here. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw Insidious was in the movie theater as well. And I went with a friend of mine, my friend Adam Bashian, who is currently in Octet the Musical at the Signature Theater in New York City. You should all go and see it. It's wonderful. Did he pay you for that plug? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Don't I pay for my own plugs. Okay, Thank you. Right. Ask my surgeon. Um, and uh, I went with my friend Adam and a- another friend of mine, Tom. And Tom does not like horror movies, but Adam and I love horror movies. So we dragged Tom along to go see this movie. And uh, all I remember of, of the specifically mm-hmm. of my experience sitting next to Tom in that movie theater was the moment where you first see the lipstick demon, <laughs> the lipstick face demon, I think they describe him as, that is Gregory. That, that is, that is by the way. he is listed on. If you go to the IMDb page and look up this poor actor's credit, I mean, he's not the actor. He's actually also the, the music director. Yeah. Um, and composed Brilliant. everything. And that was by far and away his best contribution to this film. But like, <laughs> But yes, no, Gregory, who is credited as the lipstick face demon. The lipstick face demon. Uh, We call him Gregory because we think it's scarier than lipstick face demon. Uh, But the first time you see Gregory, Tom literally just like shrunk into his seat, turned to me and went, couldn't we have just gone to see Rio? And that is my best memory of seeing Insidious in the movie theater. I was like... No, we're not going to see the parrot movie, Tom. We're going to watch Gregory the Lipstick Demon. I mean, I think that that moment in the film is is by far kind of that that is the pants shitting terror moment. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, like everything else is kind of like, oh, holy shit. But then you get that one, and it was literally like I was in Chris's lap, which is the only time I have ever voluntarily been like sit, sitting on a man <laughs> in a movie theater in a darkened movie theater. So. Like, <laughs> So, like, that was the closest I've ever come to a heterosexual experience. And as close like, as she comes. Yeah, that's it. Literally. But, um, yeah. <laughs> no, so it's like, it's like it, I, I went home after I watched it and kind of read obsessively about the making of the movie and, and everything else because then I wanted to know how the fuck I had, like, not been prepared for this because I'm usually walking in with way more knowledge than I really should have because it ruins the film. Do you always look up movies before you go to see them? Like, do you look yes. up synopses and Almost things? always. I, I don't look up spoilers, but I will look up um, plot description. I'll look up who's in it. I'll look up who the director and the writers are. Is that just so you have a better idea, or are you looking for something specific? A lot of the time it's because I know certain directors have... You know, certain directors have signatures. They're just like any other artist where, you know, you can expect certain things in a James Wan film. Mm-hmm. You can expect certain things in, you know, a John Carpenter movie. And just knowing who it is kind of gives me an idea of what I'm in for. In this particular instance, it wouldn't have helped me at all because Insidious was kind of the first big horror movie James Wan did after the Saw trilogy. And yeah. Insidious could not be more different th- from Saw. Hadn't we done another one? It was Saw and something else. Wasn't it? Um, there was also Dead Silence, but I don't know if that one... 
which gra- which granted is closer to insidious but isn't uh, it, it still isn't really the same like e- evil evil puppets is a little different than, <laughs> than insidious speaking of evil puppets one day we have to talk about puppet master but that is a totally different I, I mean we're gonna do puppet master. Like, there's, there's no maybe we should just do a puppet episode we'll do we, trilogy of terror puppet master and saw and that'll be that'll be it we actually we, we actually when we were scrolling through because we had a hard time kind of deciding what to do tonight mm. so we scrolled through shutter which is an excellent subscription service it is we love shutter um (laughs) we scrolled through hbo we scrolled through several other places and finally landed on insidious and among the things that we passed were like every phantasm movie which is one of the worst horror franchises that exists you know i've never watched phantasm i watched half of the first one really yeah you know what movie we should have oh this is going to be an admission of guilt moment admission of guilt 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 uh (laughs) we are (laughs) you did your own i did uh, listen (laughs) We, uh, we do not have a huge budget here at My Spooky Gay Family. We have to make our own effects. Most of the budget um, goes to my Red Bull. Yeah, basically. Uh, this should be the moment where we give like an embarrassing example of a, a movie we've never seen. Because I can think of one specifically for myself that David always yells at me about. I have never been able to sit through Hellraiser. I can't say I'm disappointed in you for that. Like, like, like it's one of those. It, it's it, weird. It's, it's, right? a, it's a classic, and I feel like everyone should see it once. But I have ne- like, like Hellraiser is not a seminal movie for me. Like, no. like, like Pinhead is amazing. Pinhead, Pinhead is an is amazing an character. Yeah, he's iconic. He looks awesome, but it takes so long to get to Pinhead that I'm like, well. What the and fuck am I doing? He's there for like all fifteen seconds. Yeah, like, yeah. It was. I, like, I have never made it farther than I think fifteen minutes into the movie Hellraiser. I, I would say that if you couldn't make it through the movie, um, reading Hellbound Heart, which is the Clive Barker story upon which Hellraiser is based, is actually mm. a much better experience because it's much more a psychological thriller than the movie would lead you to believe. What is it called? The Hellbound Heart. The Hellbound Heart. Yes. Is it supernatural? Yes, it is. Huh. I didn't even know that it was based on it's, the book. It's essentially the same plot. It's just, it's kind of, you're just. I don't know what the just, plot is because I'm never getting all the background. <laughs> well, I don't want to ruin it for you because you've never seen it or read it. Listen, I'm like 40 years. How long, how long has it been out? 30 years? <laughs> I'm like 30 years late. I, I mean, I think it's more than that. <laughs> but I think you can only really get credit for 30 since that's. Well, yeah, I've yeah. only been around for, th- well, yeah. 31 next week. Not next week, the week after. How the fuck is it that every single time we do one of these, we get around to how old you are versus how old I am? I didn't ask you to and say I always how bring old it up. you are. Uh, she will be 33? <laughs> no. Four. There you go. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. That's almost halfway to 70. <laughs> <laughs> it was that a horrible realization for you just now? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it actually wasn't because at this point I view every year after thirty five as an accomplishment. Like yeah, we made. I, I mean, <laughs> at my size, any year after twenty seven is an accomplishment. <laughs> my God, I'm like, I'm like, well, didn't have a heart attack this year. Might as well keep going. Um, so wait, mine is Hellraiser. I have never seen Hellraiser. I don't know if I'll ever even watch. It. I mean, I'll probably end up having to watch it for the, this podcast so I can talk about it intelligently. Probably. But do you have a famous horror movie that you have just been like, nope? Not going to do it. I can't think of one I, I would think have you haven't like, seen. really think about this. Hold on. Have you ever seen uh, Black Christmas? Yes, I have. Have you ever seen... Don't bother naming slasher movies because I've probably seen it. What about Faces of Death? Faces of Death is like a f- faux documentary though and I did actually watch like 20 minutes of it on the internet. I've watched most of it. 
It's not real. By I know, the way, I know yeah, it's not everyone, real. everyone should know no, it's, it's not it's, real. It's not real, but like I, I remember when I would have been interested in watching it, I believed it was real and felt yeah. like I had a moral obligation not, not to, watch to watch it. Not to watch it, yeah. Um, if it, I, if I, would I thought watch it was it real, I wouldn't yeah. watch it. But as I mean, I watched it maybe like a year ago. Yeah. Not even. It couldn't have been a year ago because I got I watched it when we got Shudder, uh, which was not that long ago. It was less than a year ago, and they had it on Shutter. And I was like, "Oh my god, they have it on Shutter!" And I looked it up, and I was like reading the interviews with the makeup artists who were mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we use Play-Doh to blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, I'm watching this." And I was like, "Oh, this was probably horrifying in the '70s, but today it's like, yeah, well." I could see where I could watch Doctor. Yeah, I could watch Doctor Pimple Popper on YouTube and be more disgusted than I am right now. Which, by the way, is the most disgusting fucking thing. Have you watched it? Do you watch no, things like that? And, no, and I, I avoid them. I avoid them like the fucking plague. I think it's disgusting. I think if you watch videos like that, you are disgusting. I think your family's disgusting. I think the car you drive is disgusting. I, it is di. Disgusting! I hate Doctor Pimple. Body Ugh. horror is a thing that I that I have a much harder time with. I think than almost any other like kind mutilation, of you like mean? mutilation, sickness, things like that. Like like things where like I'm supposed to kind of imagine what it would feel like for that to happen to me. Like, like is a, outbreak, is a thing, like outbreak freaks me out. Freaks me the fuck um, out. <laughs> it's, it's like get the hell away from that monkey little girl. What the fuck is wrong with you? Stop letting it spin your mouth. Why are you doing this? <laughs> um, I actually just came up with an answer. Actually, that now that we were, now that I was thinking about it, um, I have never seen Rosemary's Baby. Really, I have never seen the film. My ballet teacher in college looked just like uh, what's her name, Mia, Mia Farrow. Farrow. It was like a spitting image. I remember I went to ballet one day and I was like, "Did you know you look like Mia Farrow?" And she was like, "No, I don't." And I was like, "I was like, Kim, you do. You look like Mia Farrow." And she was like, "No, I don't." And then I brought in a still from Rosemary's Baby, and she was like, uh. <laughs> And I was like, Kim, you look like Rosemary's baby. And she's like, I do not. I look well, like she doesn't Rosemary. Look like the baby. There you go. Say. I'm like, there what's was, the matter with her eyes? She, she'd have to be wearing some pretty heavy prosthetics. I've seen pictures. Yeah. Like, it's, but no, I have never actually seen the film. I know what happens, and I I, I know the I I know the sort of the pop cultural relevance of it, but I've never actually mm. seen the film. I did. Uh, I'm a, a drag queen, as you all should know if you're listening. Uh, I did a performance, a Rosemary's Baby performance mm-hmm. uh, that used clips from the movie and uh, that Mariah Carey song, Always Be My Baby, <laughs> do, 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 now. It was, it was a fun performance. I really enjoyed it. I gave birth on stage. <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed it. So back to- The only insane. person to have ever said that. <laughs> I know. It was lovely. I, I enjoyed it. I, enjoyed I would do it, it again. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Insidious. What yes. the fuck? Oh, we were, t- we, were t- we were talking about uh, famous horror movies we hadn't yeah, seen. That was, uh, how we, that was how we got to Rosemary's Baby. Yes. That was how we got to Rosemary's Baby. I can't remember what the hell we were talking about with regards um, we to were Insidious. T- <laughs> we, we were talking about- um, we like the last thing. Here. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> um, I think the last thing we had kind of touched on was kind of how we had both come to see it the first time, yeah. and we, we had touched on like who Gregory was. Yeah, and it was horrifying. And it, it was absolutely horrifying. Insidious was probably one of the scariest movies of my young adulthood. I, I think it's just, and this this is kind of a thing that that comes up every time we talk about it. But mm-hmm. it's one of the things I really loved about this movie, and one of the things that I know that. James Wan did on purpose and that Lee Wannell did on purpose who wrote it, um, was there are no cheap 
fake out scares in this movie. Like mm. whenever you think you're going to see something scary, you see something scary. And sometimes when you don't. Yeah. And sometimes when you're not <laughs> expecting it at all. So <laughs> when you're walking through a laundry room. Or when we're just cutting back to someone in profile after a really long dream sequence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> narrated by Barbara Hershey. <laughs> Barbara Hershey. She died of cancer. In beaches, not in real life. <laughs> like, wait a minute. No, <laughs> no that's what that's what the wind beneath all, my wings is about. Y- yes, it's I about understand. Barbara Hershey. Well, her character. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, first of all, as far as I'm aware, Barbara Hershey is still alive. So oh, that's she's news still to me. well, well, and, and, be, and happy. How the hell did you? How is that the first thing you say upon hearing her name? <laughs> because I. Who can hear the name Barbara Hershey and not think of beaches? Me, because I have also not seen beaches. Oh, please. because I'm not a drag queen. Please, you don't know C.C. Bloom? I know about Beaches, but I have never seen the movie. It is such a bad movie, and I love it. <laughs> it's so bad. You are contractually obligated to love Beaches. You perform as Bette Midler like 30 nights a year. I do. I Well, <laughs> I, I listen, I'm not saying I don't enjoy Beaches. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that objectively, it is a bad movie. I mean, that's <laughs> It has a, great music. I'm a horror nut. Objectively, Otto almost all of my favorite movies are terrible movies. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look at the genre we yeah, are talking like- <laughs> about every single week. Uh, but there is a there is a song in uh, in Beaches called Otto Titsling, and it's about the invention what? of the bra. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Cece Bloom, the Bette Midler character, sings this, like, really camp funny song about uh, the difference between uh, – uh, God, I can't remember – exactly what the nonsense of it is but it's basically I, th- like, I think I got the gist from the yeah it, it's <laughs> how it came to be known as the the brassiere and mm-hmm. why women wear it and because she's in this like body mm-hmm. uh kind of risque live show a burlesque show uh, perhaps maybe not it's like a step above burlesque like a half a step above burlesque not classy burlesque uh, let's not say classy <laughs> I'm just saying more performative <laughs> <laughs> burlesque with a bigger budget. Yeah, basically. It's le- it, it's <laughs> and so funny. instead of share. Well, but that's the funny thing about watching that movie. It's like all of a sudden, it's like one day she's performing in this like this like basement like studio theater like improv troupe in Brooklyn. And then the next day she's a mega star and all the performances you see her do are these fucking weird nonsensical things. And you're like, how did you become a superstar singing songs like Otto Titsling? It's so strange. It really is truly bizarre. She lost Drag Race, but she won All-Stars. That's how that happened. I mean, basically, I can't think of how else it would go. <laughs> um, yes, so Insidious is <laughs> the scariest movies for the reason you said. It's, and, and, What's funny is John Carpenter has said the same thing about Halloween in that they, up until that point, horror movies were all about making you jump, but there was nothing actually there. And he was like, when we made Halloween, we wanted the jumps to be real. We wanted when you jump there to be something for you to actually be jumping about. And Insidious is very much that way. Yes. No, there is not a single cheap scare in this movie like, like, like there's there's no cats jumping out of cupboards there's there's yeah. no there's no turning a corner oh my god oh wait it's my husband <laughs> like it's it's not like <laughs> like like that stuff doesn't happen in this movie which which is really weird i think especially for modern horror fans especially like someone like me who does watch a lot of the 80s slashers and things mm-hmm. like that because like 
Jason Voorhees is in fridges throwing cats at people for like three movies. <laughs> he loves like throwing he loves cats. throwing cats. He just he throws can't, that pussy. He can't around. stand pussy, so he. Throws <laughs> <it>. <laughs> we both were like, yeah. "Who's gonna make it first? Who's, Who's gonna, gonna make, make the, the pussy, pussy joke, joke first? <laughs> <laughs> And as the lesbian, I feel I feel I failed you that I I made it there second. But it's as the drag queen, I feel like I have succeeded. <laughs> I feel very, like I have I have won at my own game. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, I, I mean, J- Jason's throwing cats everywhere. Like, there's constantly, like, tree branches knocking into windows and crap. Like, it's all kinds Drapes. of, like... Yeah. Like, 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 it's very, it's very like, every horror movie was, like, that one scene in Clue where, Scar- where Scarlet is, like, walking through the billiard room and staring at the curtain and walking yeah. very slowly to it. That was, like, every horror movie forever. Well, when she does that weird gasp. That's yeah. Like, <gasps> and, you're just, and you're just watching her bosom rise and fall, like, as she walks no, across the room. No, you were. I was everyone, watching the curtain. Okay, everyone was watching that. I was like, you are the rest. Okay, but when we're sta- when when it pans to Scarlet, we're not looking at the curtain, so you can't be staring at the curtain. I was looking at the dress, <laughs> and and you're a drag queen. Uh, exactly. Okay, there we go. I was looking at what was in I the was dress. Not watching the rise and fall of her bosom. No, but she was doing a really her... good like gaspy shake thing that oh, she was that doing. What it was? It, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> my God, I love your necklace. That's my bread. <laughs> Just in case anyone in my family was unaware, I'm very gay. Um, <laughs> I feel like every time we talk about a movie from our childhood, I think dad realizes that he turned me. Like, I, like, 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 I, I think, think he realizes that this know. is his fault. Yeah, <laughs> dad should know that everything he did in our childhood contributed to us being gay. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're, we're ending the nature versus nurture debate right now. <laughs> it, was, it was just what dad rented at Blockbuster. Dad um, made us gay. And I hope, I'm going to make that his ringtone. <laughs> From now on when I call him, it's just going to go, Dad made us gay. Dad made us gay. Oh, my God. I just want it to ring in his ears. <laughs> poor father. <laughs> Every, and you all should know that as of right this moment when we were recording this podcast, we have not yet released any episodes of the podcast. No. And every week... Our dad texts us and goes, I can't find the podcast. Where's the podcast? I can't find it. And, and I'm we, like, I'm like, Dad, we haven't released it. We will send you the link when we when we <laughs> have it. And he's like, I can't find it anywhere. I don't even know where to look. What did he call it? I don't even remember. It was he made up something and then said that I had told him that's what it was. Wait, I'm gonna check my text message. You're gonna check your text message. Because he texted me and he was Do we really need to pull receipts on dad right now? We yes. should be talking about insidious. Yes. <laughs> oh, I am absolutely pulling receipts on dad. Okay, as long as long as he's pulling his receipt. Um, <laughs> the point I was trying to make earlier was that for a modern horror fan who is very much used to those fake out scares, Insidious is a particularly terrible movie when you don't know what's coming because just every time you feel like you're going to jump, it's something terrible. It's never that kind of like, oh, okay, I can relax moment. It's always like full bore, like turn it up to 11 screaming. <laughs> turn it up to 11. Yeah. Oh, spinal tap. Yes, that was a spinal tap. I like that. That was a Did good you time. find your receipt? I did find my receipt. It wasn't even a CVS receipt. It didn't take you very long. No, I okay. listen, uh, you all better know if you ever cross me, I can find a receipt in less than a minute. <laughs> And return you. My dad, dad <laughs> texted me. Dad texted me, and he goes, "When are you going to tell me the name of the podcast?" And I said, "Sam says she told you." LOL. And I said, "It's called My Spooky Gay Family." And he goes, "That's not what she told me." And I said, "What did she tell you?" And he said, "Prissy and Sam." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "LOL, those are the hosts, and my drag name is Pissy." <laughs> and he never responded. <laughs> I can't imagine oh why. God. Our poor father. Yes, I'm reading your texts on on 
line in front of everyone. I hope you're. Oh, we were we were out of the will three episodes ago. I don't know why you're worried about it. Episodes. I'm measuring in years. I do want to point out that I love my dad and I like to rag on him and that this is all entirely affectionate. Um, And speaking of loving your dad and ragging on him, Insidious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listen, that could put Patrick Wilson through fucking hell all because he likes to quote unquote fly in his dreams. To be fair... Okay, so so the premise of this, for those of you who have not seen the film and are not afraid of spoilers, I will give you three seconds to look oh, away. Oh, I'm putting a spoiler alert in, okay, the, that's in the beginning. Um, the, pr- the premise of this film is essentially that this kid astral projects in his sleep and got drawn out away from his body, and now he's in a coma that medical science can't explain, mm-hmm. and demons and ghosts are trying to take over his, over his physical form. <laughs> demons and ghosts. Demons, demons and ghosts. ghosts. <laughs> it's like Kibbles and Bits. Kibbles and Bits. <laughs> um, which is what they should have named... The lipstick face demon. They should just they should have just kibbles and bits. It would have been more scary. Kibbles and bits is watching. The best villain theme song ever. It's so disconcerting. It really is. Like the first time I heard it, I couldn't believe we're going back to the music. Okay, but it's it's. Like, the, the first time I heard it, I'm like, they can't possibly expect me to find this frightening. And then three seconds later, I'm like, this is the most terrifying shit I've ever heard, and I will never be you able to You know when it turns again. from, like, ooh, this is weird to, yeah. oh, I don't like this, when, is when the when, singer goes, <laughs> and it's like, oh, 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 It just feels like like ants are crawling out of Especially the pores of when my you skin. Especially fi- when you find out that the person singing the song his stage name is Tiny Tim. When you look at a photo of this gentleman, oh, he's just as creepy like he as is he just as creepy as you expect. <laughs> and like, I'm sure he was a lovely person, but like, no, no, no one I have ever seen in my life screams, "I'm going to hunt you down and kill you if you look away." Like Tiny Tim. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna pull up a photo for reference. We will post a photo to the website. Oh for yes, we will be posting photos. Tiny Tim, tiptoe. Oh, my God. Here we go. Hold on. Now we're pulling receipts on this poor guy. Wow. (laughs) This guy looks like if Weird Al had had a worse hairstylist. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure Weird Al's hairstylist was like... Oh, my God. He definitely should have had a kid's show in the 60s. He might have. Like, like, <laughs> like this, is, this is terrifying. I can't even pick the right picture to put on the website right now. <laughs> and yeah, he has like a, this little freaky-ass ukulele. He's like 90 <laughs> now. I don't know. Oh, wow, this guy's terrifying. <laughs> More terrifying than Gregory, probably. My God, his poor mother. This just got him. Could you imagine looking down between your legs and seeing that he probably came out with the ukulele? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Which he is, blossomed through her pubic which hair. Which is like, the worst. <laughs> Disgusting. And I can't pick a worse instrument <laughs> really to, like, like, to try to pass. Through. <laughs> uh, a, a French horn. Well, I mean, there are certainly more painful ones, but there's no more a French embarrassing horn would be one. Ve- oh, that is a <laughs> lot. Passing a French horn, they would, they would think it was gas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really only doing this for myself at this point. This is just entertaining to me. Is it an in-tune French horn? Absolutely not. Have you ever heard an in-tune French horn? (laughs) Never. They don't even put them in orchestras anymore. They can't keep them in tune. (laughs) And Tiny Tim stole all of them. (laughs) 
and plays them in his mother's cage. Okay, so we're never allowed to start recording at 10 p.m. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying the French horn is a scary instrument, almost as scary as Tiny Tim. <laughs> He's an instrument. He is an instrument of death and horror. <laughs> That's Tiny hard. Tim, you are horror. Uh, is he That's still hard. alive? I, I, I don't know. You're the one who's Googled him. Like. I, I Googled him, but all I did was look up horrifying pictures. Our intern, my wife, Sarah, is shaking her head. He's dead? 96. Oh, so he'll never know anyway. He's a ghost, though, now. <laughs> that <laughs> makes it infinitely worse. I'm just going to hear the echo. <laughs> The only voice more horrifying than Aaron Neville. He is going to choose to haunt you now. You know what? He's, if he's, I had to choose someone to haunt me, it would probably be Tiny Tim. You want to wake up to see that every night? Standing at the foot of you your know, bed? The first, like, 60 times, <laughs> horrifying. 61, this is kind of funny. That, 61 is your cutoff? 61 is the cutoff. Okay. Yes. That's fair. Fair, right? hmm So Insidious... Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, yeah, I do. I do agree that the importance of Insidious is that the scares are real, including yes. Tiny Tim. Yes. But even though he's ne- he never appears on screen. He, no, <laughs> although you know what, if he had been alive, he could have played Gregory better than I think. Anyone. They wouldn't have had to do makeup. <laughs> you know what was a, a really true? I will say James Wan loves to put a dude in drag to scare people. He really does. He loves, loves, loves making like really like sharp jawed men <clears throat> play women for horrific effect. And it's a little transphobic, <laughs> but it is what it is. When else did he do it? Because I'm drawing a blank. Literally the old woman in, yeah, in this. In, in Insidious, yes. Uh, there's another ghost, the like 50s housewife is a man. Uh, is a man? Oh, okay. Is a man. I want to um, say there are a few other ghosts that are played by men, no? I was only actually aware of the, the, the old woman. The ghost. old woman? Oh, I if knew- you go back and watch the 50s housewife, she is clearly played by a man. <laughs> I, I completely believe you. Um, for the record, like like the, the old woman does get more sort of explained in the second movie. Like we got some backstory on that mm-hmm. <clears throat> on that ghost, which sort of makes it less transphobic. Almost. Uh, almost. In that he wasn't really a transvestite. He was a transvestite, wasn't he? Wasn't my, that the my, point? my recollection of the second movie was that he only wore that when he he was a serial killer who only wore it when he was killing. And did not consider himself. Is in it, any doesn't way that kind of make it a fetish, though? It could, but like, it's one of those things where like, it would. I make, mean, it would I'm not here him, to argue that no, James Wan is transphobic. No, I'm not. That's not what I'm <clears> saying. <throat> I, I'm trying to just. I don't know. I'm trying to parse through it in my own head because it's one of those things where it's, <laughs> it's like on the one hand, like, yeah, no, looking at it on just on the surface, like, yeah, no, that's maybe a little trend. Like, you know what is also kind of. Very strange, and I only realized this because I watched the movie the other day. Mm-hmm. I was watching The Witches. Yes. And almost all of the witches in the ballroom during the like convention scene mm-hmm. are played by men. I wonder how much of that was just, you know, saving money on bald caps. I don't know. <laughs> but I was watching it and I was like, wow, as a child, I did not see this. 
Did dad show you this movie? Because it might explain something. <laughs> dad did show me the yeah. witch. <laughs> dad dad also showed me Hocus Pocus, Clue, mm-hmm. and Murder by Death. So I'm oh, yeah, no, you're exclusively all, you're attributing my homosexuality to our father. <laughs> Fuck genetics. Dad did it. Um, but yes, the it, he did really love to get, James Wan, I mean, did love yeah. to get men to play <clears throat> These, like, really striking... And it was always, like, tall, very angular men. And I know that he did that because it's, like, it's a more imposing figure. And the shadows on the face would be harsher, I guess, was the the thought process. I guess, I mean, I've never read anything where he describes that portion of it. So, and Sarah is waving her finger like she knows something. I have. So it's... it's so it's just slightly off, it's just slightly is what you're off. saying. It's that uncanny. Okay. So we're going for like Stepford Wife Uncanny Valley-ness, according to Sarah the Intern, my wife. Is that opinion? No, I, I read it somewhere. Oh. About the movie afterwards. There you go. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, because it is very strange. It, uh, and I do think that for me, it's mostly the shadows. Is David in the bedroom? Yes. Oh, I heard voices in there. Yes, now like, he's on the phone. I was like, my God, <laughs> Tiny Tim is here. <laughs> Hide the baby monitor. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it is very strange the way he has always used uh, men to play the the ladies in his movies that are supposed to be creepy ladies. I mean, I guess not exclusively. I, I think he was not, just going I'm to I'm like, yeah, no. projecting any judgment onto Rose Byrne. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Or Barbara Hershey. Or, or Bar- well, Barbara Hershey. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead. Who cares? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm cancer. kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, listening to this right now, like, bitch, I've met Bette Midler. What the hell can you say? <clears throat> I know. I have not bet, met Bette. I just had a fucking stroke. Uh, <laughs> I have not met Bette Midler. I actually, one of the saddest stories of my life is that I actually got tickets to see Bette Midler and Hello, Dolly! on Broadway. And she called out sick, like, less than an hour before the show. It was horrifying. I'm so sorry. But the good, it was actually still a really great show. I really enjoyed it. You should all uh, not go see it because it is closed. But you should be very jealous <laughs> that I saw it. <laughs> just trying to make you feel good here on just trying yeah family. just trying to spread the joy um luckily though you can still watch insidious and if we ever actually talk about it you might watch i know it. if we ever get yeah. to the movie in hand. <laughs> if we ever actually talk about it, yeah the the nice thing about insidious like you said is that the scares are real and sometimes i think the thing about the scares that i love the most is that they're so subtle they they can almost be missed, and a lot of times they are. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them are rather, shall we say, in your face. Yeah, well, yeah, they are. <laughs> but then I think about the scares, like, when she walks into the room with the baby the first time you see the, like, stalker guy. Yeah. The big, like, Aragorn-looking ghost. <laughs> <clears throat> the first time he's there, it like, you he's... Seen through that like fabric, yeah, of the the like net above yeah. her baby, and who the fuck has like a, a mosquito, mosquito net, net <laughs> over their goddamn baby in crib. like suburban California or, yeah, or wherever they're supposed She's to be? She's like, we may be haunted, but this bitch ain't getting Zika. She is not getting malaria. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and she walks in, and like I remember the first time it happened, I was like, I was like, why is she so scared? I was like, I didn't see a fucking thing because not only am I deaf, but I'm colorblind, and so like the colors just kind of like blended in. I didn't even piece together that there was a face there the I first time I saw it. Have to admit, I I did see it. You did the fir- the first time I watched it, and I, I think it's because I'm just 
You were expecting I was looking something? for it. Yeah. Be- because, like, you know that, like, if he's downstairs running around in his underwear being, like, Mr. Macho Pants, that the scare- the real scare is going to happen Mr. upstairs. Mr. Macho No Pants. Well, that's true. He wasn't wearing <laughs> pants. But, like, my point being, yeah, because he goes downstairs, he turns on the light, and then he takes a flashlight, even though they clearly have a porch light. Well, he tries the, the porch light, and it, the Did he try the porch light? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but it's on again when they do the wide shot. Well, I think it was supposed. I think it was in. I guess maybe it's, it's supposed. Yeah, to be supernatural. it was supposed Whatever. to be supernatural. It doesn't matter. I was being nitpicky because I'm sitting here going like, "What the fuck are you doing? Opening that door with that tiny ass flashlight? You didn't go get a bat. You didn't do anything. Like this is the <laughs> dumbest possible thing you could do." Well, at that point, there was only the knock on the door. I know, but like, if someone knocks on your door at three in the fucking morning, was it three? Do they say it's three? It, it they did not say it was three. I didn't read the clock. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, every, I'm holding you to all the minutiae of this. Everyone scene. was in bed. <laughs> you have three small children. You hear a knock on your door in the middle of the night when you are not expecting anyone. Is your first instinct to open the fucking door? Well, not mine. <laughs> not mine. Because this is the other thing, and I actually have this written out. I'm going to read this note on the outline verbatim. Okay. What kind of heterosexual idiot is Patrick Wilson <laughs> in this film? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he does go through all of the stereotypical like reactions of the the dad trope, you know it it, and like flying so far into the face of logic that you just have to question if he's like, are you trying? Like, are you high? <laughs> like, like, what, like. <laughs> yeah, he does. He loves to like. He does the straight guy like, no, this is, it can't be supernatural. I've entertained this nonsense for far too long. (laughs) And you're like, Patrick Wilson, why are you Catherine Hepburn? (laughs) And then you go, why is he being so difficult? And then he goes in the bedroom. Although this was one strange thing that I was like, this kind of doesn't mesh with the whole story of uh what's his name the son uh dalton Dalton not being able to get back to his body because he's like he's like i just need you to give me a sign i just need you to give me a sign and then the picture falls off the wall and it's the picture that proves that he's been astral projecting and he's stuck in the further um and it's like well if you could find the picture couldn't you go the like two extra feet to your body like (laughs) like like come on dalton don't be lazy am i supposed to believe that he's like standing there with gregory and gregory's like watch your father's pain and he's just over there like (laughs) Slap. Gregory's like a cat. He's like, like slap at the picture. <laughs> knocks the picture onto the floor. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, because because like he has the whole blow up where he basically calls Lin Shea a fraud and like yeah. it's this whole big the very thing. straight macho white like guy. The, the very much like how dare you come into my home with a very sick child who I have done nothing to help care for because I am a man, damn it. Yeah, the, my <laughs> isn't this the first line of a joke? A man comes home to find his wife like, with a priest. <laughs> knock, 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 knock. Then I go. Like, that was a Chicago. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I'm feeling very musical theater. You tonight. really are. It's very camp. We're, we're really leaning into the gay part of this spooky gay <laughs> this family is very today. Spooky gay. <laughs> spooky gay. <laughs> but um, yeah. No, but but then he has that whole scene, and then like Dalton's room like explodes, and yeah, for no he runs in there. And there's like there's like bloody handprints everywhere. Like the room is all in tatters, and it's like, dude, how have you not bought this yet? Because that happens before. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I misspoke. That happens before he does the whole, like, no, you're a fraud, get out of my house. It's like, you literally just, like, how do you explain this? Wait, the handprint? There's one bloody handprint. The the handprint does happen before Lin Shay comes. Yes, the handprint Uh, happens before Lin Shay comes. For those of you who, She does the weird, like, 
sketch drawing thing. Um, and then the sketch drawing happens before that. Yes. And then that happens, and then they do the seance. Right. I'm not talking about the seance. There's there's a scene <laughs> well, after after, after Barbara Hershey does her whole big dream monologue. <laughs> Dalton's room basically explodes and like he's on the ground and like his bed's all torn up and there's bloody handprints everywhere and like there's paper everywhere. Like it's just a complete mess. And like You mean after the after the deem after Gregory appears? Yes, after Patrick the after Wilson. the first time we see Gregory. Oh, and then the door hear, locks yeah, itself. Yeah, the, the door locks yes, itself and they run in happen. there and like his room's all a mess and he's yes, off the yes. bed and shit. Like that all happens before Elise shows up. So how, like, like what are you, mm. like what kind of idiot do you have to be to be sitting there going like, there's a rational explanation for that thing that happened the other day where my son ended up three feet away from his bed and there were bloody handprints all over the fucking There's room. a tornado in my son's closet. With bloody hands. <laughs> like, like, like it's, it's, it's like Sharknado, but it's the human centipede NATO. Like, I don't understand where all these hands came from. But, like, <laughs> but it's just like, what, you think, like, 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 while Barbara Hershey was entrancing you with her dream monologue, like, Rose Byrne ran in there and just fucked the place up? Like, 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 like what are, like, how did that happen? Rose like, Byrne is just a crazy alcoholic. <laughs> it's all for attention. She just has hysteria. Someone get her to the lady doctor. She's going to be in a sanitarium. You think it's all in my head? Don't you know I think it's all in your vulva? We're going oh, to go ahead and get you to the OBGYN. Oh, Fix you right Rose. up. Um, yeah, I do agree. That is fucking weird. Patrick Wilson. Patrick, and I mean, he does come around and he gets it all together, but I do think one thing I will say yeah. to, as a credit, more to James Wan and the people. Yeah. Did James Wan write the movie? Uh, Lee Wannell did. Lee. The gentleman who played Specs. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, that's He really also wrote the Saw movies. Oh, that's very interesting. Yes, I no, no, they were, they were a team. Lee Wannell, I, then this is a credit to Lee Wannell. The, the, um, the twist at the end with Patrick Wilson's character is great no it is it really is like you you for the first time in an hour and a half you feel fucking safe and then they just pull the rug right out from the fucking under you yeah and then you're like oh we're back to the beginning yeah and it's like oh fuck this is somehow worse (laughs) (laughs) because she's fucking horrifying she's actually scary yeah (laughs) i mean even the bit with the photos the first time you watch that movie and you see the photos with the old lady and the kid it's like it is so it's disconcerting. It's really it is creepy. horrifying. It's really disturbing. And I can't really tell why. I think it's kind of like what Sarah was saying before with like the 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 weird like disconnect factor where it's yeah. like here's this person in like Victorian uh like morning garb yeah, in the middle of a baseball field. Yeah, it's 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 really just it's visually jarring because yeah. these two things don't go together. Yeah. And like your your brain just kind of tries to justify the photo and can't, but um, <laughs> it's actually funny because now that we're, now that I said like she was actually scary, I, I do think we have to kind of address sort of like the main critique of this movie that I have heard from people who claim it is not scary, and it's essentially Gregory is both like the savior and the dooming of this film. Mm. It, it's it's <laughs> like. For those of you who have not seen it, um, Gregory looks like Darth Maul, and he and, does. and 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 we we know that. Like like like, like I does. know that. I I personally am saying he is still one of the most terrifying things I have ever seen on screen. Um, and the first maybe time that you makes see him, I think he. Is, like, no, I don't think that makes you a pussy at all. Uh, yeah. I I really I truly agree with you. I do think that the first couple times you see Gregory, he is absolutely horrifying. I think. The only place he loses some of his fear is like 
when you really see him in like full lighting and yeah, no, the third the third act the third takes act. away a lot of the mystique. It does, <laughs> and I think that that's the problem. Like the the clearly CGI like forked tongue coming yeah. out, like that kind of. I was like, eh, and we've lost a little bit of the fear here. I am. Sorry, go ahead. But what I was going to say is, like, when you see him standing behind Patrick Wilson, yeah. that is one of the best executed Oof. jump scares in cinematic history. It's it's seriously, like, I cracked myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do have to, I, I'm going to level my one major criticism of this film now, because I feel like it's appropriate. Um, during Barbara Hershey's hour-long dream monologue, <laughs> during which I was, in fact, very much afraid, um, she at one point says... This terrible voice. I can still hear it. This terrible voice. Gregory never says anything never says a word. <laughs> on screen in this film. Like, you didn't have the budget to hire fucking Tim Curry. I like, know. like, go, like, 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 like you, you could not find a voice actor. Roger Jackson. To do, anyone? like, seriously, like, to just say one creepy motherfucking thing, you're gonna have him jump down here and do, like, raccoon hisses and shit at Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Like, 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 that's the extent of it. It's like, like, she go, like, there's two lines devoted to how frightening this person, this creature's entity's voice is, and we never hear it. <laughs> it is like, true. And, but what I will say is, I almost think the line should have been removed more than I think Gregory should have spoken. Because I think the fact that he doesn't speak makes him terrifying. And I think if she had just said, What do you want? and there had just been the image of him standing next to Dalton's bed, which and is like slowly terrifying. raising his finger to point at Dalton, like that would have been. Fucking nuts. And yeah. I I think that would have been much more scary no, than I, him speaking. I, I agree with that. I think the problem was they kind of tried to over-explain it because it does it does feel like hmm. it feels like a very fantastical story, even for a supernatural horror story. Like, like it, because there's not that backstory. Like we 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 don't instinctively understand motive in this one, the way we do in most haunted house mm. movies where it's kind of, Oh, this is a spirit that's been wronged or they have unfinished business or they were just a dick. Like, yeah. like you don't have that here. So like trying to, I think they tried to over explain the motive a little bit, but like, there's a part of me that feels like if you had just, if you had gotten a really good voice actor and held off on showing his face for a while, just kept him in silhouette and done the voice. I think it could have been terrifying. Like, yeah. if, like if you had just like, held off on the reveal until act three and just heard it. I think that's scary as shit personally, but yeah, like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think my subjective view of what is scary is more when like, I have no idea what is going through something's head. And I think fair. that like when, when something speaks, it personifies it more. And so if something is personified, I can try, I can almost like relate to it more. But the idea of it being a demon and just like, there's something to me that is really terrifying about, like you think about a dog, right? Right. And a dog clearly has thoughts and emotions and feelings and whatever, but they are not in any kind of discernible language. They are primal and mm -hmm. they are instinctual. That, to me, is scary because it lacks reason in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I'm not saying that dogs don't have reason, but you know, you know, do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no, I, something I about a being that doesn't, that is acting entirely on its impulses mm -hmm. that lacks language 
it only functions with demonstration. And I think for a demon, that is terrifying because it you know that whatever it wants is malevolent. And so if it's acting on impulse and it's malevolent, it's like, woof, this is scary. It is both bad and unpredictable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is why it, Gregory not speaking would be more scary to me. That's completely fair. I think it's one of those things that at this point I'm saying, like, you should have done one or the other. But having yeah. her say that line and then not <laughs> yeah. delivering on it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, it's it's Chekhov's gun, but that rule completely broken. <laughs> yeah, I so do 100% like, <laughs> agree with that. So it's like, because I was waiting the entire third act. I was sitting there in the theater going, like, both oh my God, this is going to be terrible. I don't want to hear him say anything. And then waiting for it and it never happened. And I remember walking out afterward and being like, oh, that's kind of weird that he didn't say anything. You know, it's funny. I never really thought about it, if I'm being honest. I never like, I never, maybe I was just like so scared shitless of the jump after that, that like I forgot basically everything she said. But I never, I never put like two and two together to say, oh, she said he said something and he didn't, say yeah. anything ever yet ever. <laughs> and i mean it's one of those things that like n- none of the none of the ghosts in in this movie speak and n- none of them really make noise um mm. which is why uh joseph ashara who also plays gregory mm. and is the the composer and the music director for this film um sort of speaks for them <laughs> in dramatic piano flares and like really loud creepy violin noises and which all of which are like perfectly timed and wonderful yeah he, uh, did he win an award for his music in this no. movie? No. Horror movies don't win awards. It makes you know me that. so mad because some of the most creative things are done in horror movies, and I feel like they're ignored simply by by the genre they were used in. And it's like, yeah, is there great music in Sophie's Choice? I'm sure there is. But it's like, you look at the way music was used in this movie. It's and a it is it's a character. It is completely different from anything anyone was doing. Like the idea, I, I think of it very much the same way I think of Jaws, which is, which is mm. again, the theme song is a character. Like the fact that Jaws didn't, like the Jaws theme does not have an Oscar and I think that's a crime. It's, it's like the composer had lines yeah, in, 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 this, in this fucking movie and, and he nailed them every single mm-hmm. time. But it's like every creepy little riff in this movie, just it gets you geared up and it gets you geared up and then it gets you geared up and then you realize that there's no music for a second and you go oh shit and then something really bad happens (laughs) (laughs) along with a dramatic piano flare so it's like (laughs) so it's 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 all perfect i mean i it's just like the cinematography is beautiful the editing is beautiful like everything like filmmaking wise about this film is absolutely gorgeous yeah and perfect and the lighting so effective and that is something i really enjoyed about this movie is i am I, I say all the time, I know I, I rag on this all the time, but I'm so much more, I, I, I think that practical effects have a much bigger influence than any CGI. And it's like, nothing is better than when you go, oh my God, they lit this perfectly. Oh my God, they did this and it looks like it's living in the same world as the people in the movie. Yeah. There's n- I mean, obviously, like, I love the Avengers, I love... You know, it, like they're great movies, but then you look at it and you're like, I almost can't even believe that this is happening because the the effects are so wild. You know what I mean? I think what it is is like, and we're going to slightly digress into my nerd zone mm-hmm. for three seconds. I think the most effective use of CGI ever 
Jurassic Park. No. Really? Lord of the Rings. Really? Because this is what Lord of, this is what Lord of the Rings used CGI for. Apart from like, yeah, the goofy looking like animated cave troll. <laughs> Lord of the Rings used CGI to buff out their armies. Yeah. And when you're using it to create ten thousand orcs that you then give AI who are then gonna go do off go off and do crazy shit, as long as you texture them properly, I'm not gonna know the difference between an extra and a fucking computer generated orc. Right. Yeah. Like that is the perfect use of CGI because But that's, then you look at Helm's Deep and it's like, right. wow, this is horrifying. It's or the Orc High. Yeah. It's and it's it's terrifying. <laughs> but at the same time, like then you get to the Hobbit, which is several years later, and, yeah. and you see Smaug which you could not do with a practical effect. He's just too fucking big. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you could do it kind of the way they did the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Like, you could maybe do just the head, but, like, at yeah. least part of him was always going to be CGI because well, yeah. he's, a, he's this huge creature and he's, like, at least 90% of him is on screen for most of the time you're interacting but with But is him. it weird that I almost think that the dragons in Game of Thrones are more horrifying than Smaug? Well, because they don't talk. We already talked about that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess that's true. So Smaug is but like... But even the way they look, like, Smaug is, is intimidating, but, but I, this is a yeah, completely it's, it's different fine. conversation. It's fine. But it, it is one of those things where it's... Because uh, I agree, I do think that the effects used in Lord of the Rings were very, very effective. But I, because, I do also think that Jurassic Park was... the Is, is to this day the, the cornerstone of how effects should be used in a movie. Because you, you almost can't tell when it goes from one to the other. You know what I mean? And even today, even by today's standards, this is almost 30 years later, the effects are great. You know what I mean? The CGI is great. It's better than the CGI in most movies. And it's because they just cop out into using CGI when they're like, ah, it's cheaper than trying to figure out how to do this practically, or it'll take less time, or it'll take less manpower. You know what I mean? And it's like, then they do it in 10 seconds because the studio wants it out in 10 minutes, and it's like, well, then you end up with Gregory's tongue. And it's like, yeah. well, this was dumb. We didn't need this. No. You know? Um, and that's the thing. I, I do think that most of the time this movie used CGI practically, <clears throat> but there are certain things like in the dream sequence and the further yeah. where there are times where I'm like, eh, I could have done without that weird, cheesy CGI. I, I think the most jarring moment of it is when he's in the third act, when, when Gregory's chasing Dalton around the house in the further mm. and he kind of like pokes his head out of the room and then like crawls along the wall, kind of like exorcist style for a second. Yeah. Because like you can see it. Like, like oh. it is like, that is some video game animation happening right there. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Like, that is some Dungeons and Dragons bullshit. Yeah, Gregory like, is brought to you by Rockstar Games. Yeah, exactly. But, like, and not, like, recent Rockstar Games. We're talking, like, San Andreas. 1998. Rockstar Games. <laughs> but, like, but it's that kind of, like, that's the kind of stuff that throws me. Is like, when something just doesn't move quite right and it's obviously animated, mm-hmm. like, it just throws you completely. Because, like, 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 that creepy quick movement is usually good in horror movies, but if you do it with a practical effect, it's much more unsettling. Oh, absolutely. Because, because it, looks, it looks, because it fits. My David is a photographer, mm-hmm. and David is a great photographer. And part of the reason why is that there there have been a lot of times where I've seen people try to emulate um, his style, and there's something about it that looks like drawn or fake or something like that. And 
there'll be like David and I just did a photo shoot and I was using a crystal ball in the shoot. And he was like, I'm going to shoot the crystal ball separately from you because it has to be lit this way and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to put it back in the photo later. And it's like, David does a lot of compositing, but all the elements are real. And it's because the lighting affects the way the thing looks in its environment. And when you when you try to reproduce everything in a computer, you're never going to nail the lighting that way. And it's what pulls you out of the the image it's what makes the image unbelievable is a what you're saying about um the movement and yeah. b the lighting those are the two things that will pull me out of a scene so fast and that's what happened in that scene in the hallway where gregory is chasing dalton down into the bedroom it's like it just doesn't quite look yeah, right. it, it doesn't quite track and it's like it's such a shame because for the rest of the movie like they did use a lot of practical effects and mm-hmm. they all looked wonderful. Like when you, when, even when you look at, um, you called him Aragorn guy before. Yeah. <laughs> um, like th- there, are, there are two times in this movie where he is just, he is just like, he is going for Rose Byrne. Oh yeah. He and really and like, like he is terrifying. Yeah. And it's, it's that thing. It's like, I know it's just a dude in makeup and a wig, but like, it's absolutely terrible. And I know that they did use CGI to do some of the kind of, like the bits where his mouth was a little rotted and it was moving. Yeah, because it but was it, like almost transparent. It was like yeah. ghostly almost. Yeah, but it it was so small an effect that you didn't really notice it. Yeah. And it's like, like all the ghosts in this movie were scary, which is a hard thing to do in a ghost movie sometimes. Yeah. Like, 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 like even that stupid little like fucking Oliver wannabe <laughs> like dancing in his knickerbockers in the living room. <laughs> like, like, like was creepy. Okay. Like, like for, it was creepy. And it's, it's that kind of, you see of, him like, in the, yeah, in the laundry room. Creepy. If you see him in the laundry room, Wish that was, the, that was the moment. Yeah. That was the, the other moment where I, <laughs> Tom was sitting next to uh-huh. me in the movie theater and, uh, Rose Byrne walked through the laundry room and literally I, <laughs> I saw it and I went, and then I just felt Tom's hand like instantly grab my arm. And I was like, I was like, oh, Tom saw it too. <laughs> okay, it's not just me. Yeah, so I think um I think at this point we've already kind of touched on it a little bit, like like we do kind of have to talk about the third act here, which is kind of where Yeah. We really have to have a discussion about yeah. <laughs> the third act of this film. Because the first two thirds of this movie really are effective. They are truly terrifying they're, they're when they want to be. Very scary. The last act, although it does it does pop back up at the very end. Yes, no, it definitely has I would even say it has moments in the middle. Yeah, like when he runs into Aragorn near the red door. That's creepy. Yeah, and I would even I would even say the weird stop motion Stepford family downstairs was pretty damn creepy. Like, I don't know if I would say I was, yeah. like, scared of it, but I was definitely creeped out. It's creepy. And, I mean, just the idea of walking through the house in the further yeah. and knowing how weird it is is disconcerting the first time you watch it. I mean, later on watching it. You yeah, know, no, it's not really that scary. Really that scary. Although it does kind of bring us back to Patrick Wilson. I almost said Patrick Swayze. Patrick Wilson <laughs> being a weird heterosexual white dude and, like, talking to the ghosts. And she's Where's like, my son? She, she's like oh, don't draw attention to yourself. And he's running through the further, like, has anyone seen Dalton? <laughs> Dalton, are you here? It's like, hi, my name is Josh. I'm looking for my son, Dalton. This is my photo ID. This is my PIN number for my bank card. This His is body's my empty at my number. house. Has anyone seen Dalton? <laughs> I left a plate I left a plate of Kraft mac and cheese next to him if anyone's hungry. <laughs> like, 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 I think he's tied to the floor. 
Like we left his mouth open just for easy access. Like, like, All of a sudden, Jesus Michael Christ. Jackson comes like, around. Like, my- <laughs> <laughs> it's the further Michael, not Neverland. No, that's just ignorant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not. That's not even Michael Jackson. That's South Park. <laughs> <Michael Jackson. laughs> but, but like, yeah, yeah. Patrick, Patrick Wilson wandering through the the dark, aimlessly yelling for his son. After after Elise is like, don't cause a lot of commotion. Don't draw attention to yourself. And he's walking up to ghosts like, hey, have you seen this kid? <laughs> it's like, and they're like, you're not supposed to be talking to us. There, we'll each. there was a moment when he's he's at the top of the stairs and he has the lantern out and you just hear crying and I was so proud of my wife because she went <laughs> she went oh my god it's like Left for Dead he's gonna startle the witch and I was just so <laughs> proud of her for like three it's seconds true, like, like I just felt this tiny little swell of warmth just like oh my god she does pay attention <laughs> you but and I both like, were like turn the lamp off right it's like turn the lamp off turn the lamp off the startler does anyone have a gas can <laughs> like seriously it's like dude you don't have backup your teammate's dead what the fuck are you doing you can't walk up to her like that but um. And he just walks up to her and he's like, have you seen my son? Have you seen my And he's doing that. I'm like, like, okay, let's pretend for a second that Elise hadn't given you a list of do's and don'ts before you walked in mm-hmm. here, which granted was a very short list, but a list nonetheless. <laughs> like, Don't poke the sleeping in dragon. What, in what universe would this seem like a good idea just on its face? <laughs> uh, yeah, walking like, up to a crying ghost <laughs> who wants to kill everyone. Like, for Oh like, he's walking up like he wants to know what time the train leaves. And it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, honey. Like, like, Is this platform no. seven? It's like, how do you get to platform nine and three quarters? The ghost turns around. There's no such thing. <laughs> Another ghost comes by, goes, oh, first time, dear. <laughs> and yes, I did just do an entire Harry Potter shower. Yes, right here. You I did. did. Um, yeah, so I do think that in the end, the... The third act does. It has its its saving graces, and I I get what they're going for in making the, um, the further very dreamlike. But I do think that there could have been a bit more blatant horror there because I think that as it was, it didn't seem like a place where I could see Dalton like running around and hiding. There weren't a lot of hiding spots. So it's yeah. like, well, how how is he avoiding Gregory? How is he how, and he he'd been there for a while. It was weeks, right? It was months. Like there's a time jump in the middle where like the words come up on the screen. It was 3 months later. And that's what I'm saying. Like he's been hiding from these ghosts for months, but there's like there's no corners, there's no you know what I mean? And I I guess you could kind of make the argument that like you know, you go through the attic and you go through this red door and it's kind of like dreamland and, and you know, maybe there's more that we just don't see because there there was more that... Uh, but I, I guess I was just expecting more... And I know this is going to sound so basic and stupid. I guess I was just expecting more haunted house imagery. No, that's fair. I, I think that's... I think they that part of kind of what they were trying to do with this was kind of like especially since you know the tagline it's not the house that's haunted it's your son like the whole premise of this yeah is is a departure from the typical haunted house movie i I think that they were trying to avoid the typical haunted house trappings for exactly that reason yeah and i get that but i guess that was the only point in the in the movie where i was like oh it actually would fit here 
Because yeah. if this is where a kid is astral projecting to, this is what the imagery of that would be. Yeah, you know no, what that's I mean? fair. I would also have expected it to be... They try to do this a little bit when they finally kind of show us Gregory's lair, like they show us the marionettes and the mm-hmm. and like the masks and stuff. It's very Pinocchio, like Lost Boys Isle kind of thing. Yeah. But um, it's... You would have expected it to be a little less obviously creepy because at some point I, th- I think it's the least is actually talking about it is that like because he's not afraid he gets drawn yeah, out further and further out. and further and it's like this place is objectively creepy i have a hard time believing like any eight-year-old kid is not going to find this place creepy yeah like <laughs> it almost feels like there should be more of a transition yeah like because she even says it with patrick wilson's character where she's like oh the, the old lady lured you out and yeah. it's like, what fucking kid was going to be like, oh, she looks nice. <laughs> She's just driving around the further in a white van that says free candy on the side. <laughs> like, literally, it's like, yeah, I do agree with that. I will say there should be probably more of a transition. But I feel like the transition should go from something that is like kind of like strangely enticing to something that is horrifying. And that's kind of the thing is like they really had an opportunity in that third act to kind of take us on kind of a head trip. And I think mm. they kind of just went blue, blue gel over the legs. Well, we, we, yeah, like. we had been through <laughs> such a journey already. Yeah. I feel like it might have been too much to ask at the end to then go on this more uh, in-depth, like almost expository no, tr- journey. But I, I do think it might have been necessary just to explain what Dalton had gone through to get to where he was. Because that's the thing. It's very much, it kind of it kind of looks like this eight-year-old was like flying around, like saw this creepy pedo dungeon and went, this looks fun. <laughs> like, 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 what? Yeah. <laughs> like, this doesn't like, like, I mean, just basic instincts. He's like, very like, fearless. I'll give him that. Like, fearless and apparently a little dumb. <laughs> but like, it's... I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, no, like, I don't think we had time for, like, a full redo of Pan's Labyrinth the minute that he, like, goes yeah. under. But, like, it, it's it's one of those things, like, you could have at least made, like, I don't know, part of it be, like, sort of sunny or something. Like, 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 something that maybe just looked a little less, like, obvious death laying in wait. Or, you know what? It, <laughs> it could have still been dark. It just had to be... It had to have something alluring about it. It's kind of the way you think of like Pennywise and It. Yeah. It's like he's dark and he's creepy and he's scary, but there's something about him where it's like, oh, this is interesting and different and weird and I'm kind of oddly drawn to it. I have to admit I have never felt that way about Pennywise. I felt that way about <laughs> the Tim Curry Pennywise where it's like before he he goes all like ape shit with the teeth, uh, he is like – Almost like what you know what scene best defines it for me is in the opening of that made for TV movie with, yeah. with Tim Curry when uh the little girl with the sheets and he's mm-hmm. like waving to her and he has the balloon and he looks like a regular clown and it's like it's creepy because there's a clown in your backyard and you're like, and it's surreal and it's like, well, what the fuck is this? But he's like <laughs> smiling and he's he's being very like typical clown, and you're like, oh, this is kind of like weirdly like Fun, and then it's like all of a sudden his face changes, and you're like, "Oh, this is not right." I think I just have a very highly sense. I, I think I just have a very highly developed like sense of stranger danger because I have never felt that way. <laughs> like, 
yeah i'm not that. gonna lie like, like like it's it's one of those things it's like i i don't know what it was like i think i saw i, I was maybe like six or seven when i saw that movie mm. and like yeah no the minute i saw you're also I was like nope no. like, <laughs> like, as, as a child you were also not like terribly adventurous that way oh thanks no, I, but <laughs> no, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it's a good thing. You never like went off with strangers. I mean that's true. But you were you always had a very like strict definition of like who was good and who was not. <laughs> it was basically no one. Yeah, it was basically. it was me, my books, and like three people that I knew, <laughs> and a few toys. <laughs> like, like that was kind of it. it yeah, was, basically. Like everything else was out. <laughs> like absolutely not not interested. Nope, I'm good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what. Uh, so I have I I have a couple questions uh, now that we're kind of getting towards the end of mm-hmm. this discussion. I have a couple questions for you, and I might answer some of them okay. myself. What is your What is your favorite thing about Insidious? I I, I think it's the promise of no fake out scares. I I, mm. I I think that is my favorite thing about the movie. Is is there is just no point where I felt tense and nothing happened. Mm. And I think it's, it's oddly, it, it is both exhausting and incredibly satisfying by the yeah. end of the, by the end of the movie. Because you got your, your money's worth yeah. as far as the scares. I agree. I think mine, my favorite thing about the movie is the imagery. I think the imagery is <clears throat> truly creepy um, in a way that a lot of horror these days is not really. Yeah. Um, so I think as far as contemporary horror goes, the imagery is on another level. What is one thing you would change if you could go back and like be in James Wan's ear? It's a toss-up for me between either fixing the issue with either the line that Barbara Hershey says or the fact that Gregory doesn't have any. <laughs> um, maybe talking to the makeup artist about Gregory's face. Yeah. Um, just because it is terrifying, but at the same time, like you were just inviting the comparison to Darth Maul. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a way they could have done it with the same colors and maybe less of the pattern. I think that was kind of the problem is like, granted his is literally just like red smears all over himself. So it's not the same pattern and it's not even the same from scene to scene. Like his face is different every time you see him. It's not Mm. the same configuration. Um, but it's that <clears throat> you had to know that if you put a bald guy in head to toe black makeup and then smeared red all over his face, this is what you were going to get. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, especially since he has like, he has like Bernie Sanders bald paint. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's who they should have gotten to do the voice. <laughs> I really want this kid. <laughs> I really want this kid and I think I deserve him. <laughs> These parents this, have want, been hoarding him for too long. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I want this kid's body. <laughs> I want it because I need it and I have to have it. And uh, I am going to give it the best health care that anyone has ever gotten. Sorry, for free. That was just five. That was just like 30 seconds of dueling Bernie Sanders. Dueling Bernie Sanders. We should do that every episode. We should, dueling do, that. We Bernie do, we should do that every episode. We're just going to find a way to do that at the end of every episode. And I'm not going to force <laughs> you to say anything, whether you feel one way or another, but yeah. I am going to publicly say I love Bernie Sanders. This is a, 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 a an impression done with absolute love and adoration. I love Bernie Sanders. I 
don't care what anyone has to say about it. I love Bernie. I think he swung the left even further left. I love him. You don't care because you don't intend to read any of the messages that we receive. Oh, no. I'm not. I'm, please do not think that I will read a single thing that you post if it is uh, anti-Bernie Sanders. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think if I was going to go back and change something, it would definitely be the course of events in the third act. Yeah. The weird, like, the journey to finding Dalton probably took a little too long, and the journey back happened a little too fast. Yeah. Where, like, the chase probably was the scarier part, and it happened too fast. Yeah, no, especially when you consider that the first, like, two-thirds of the movie, like, the pacing is just very suspenseful and it's very slow, and then you get to that third act and it's just, like, boom, 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 boom. Action. Yeah. <clears throat> that was, like, the least effective snap. This is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, I would say that with the, with the third act, it, it's like you said, it just, it didn't have the payoff, I guess. Yeah. And so... Uh, it, it's like I said, I, I just think that finding Dalton probably took a little longer than it really needed to, and getting him back happened way too fast. It's like the thing that was scary was running away from the monsters, and we didn't really do that a lot. So um, that would be the thing I would change. Uh, yeah, those were, my, those were my two questions. What did you love most, and what would you, what would you change if given the chance? I have one for you, and yeah. it's kind of an interesting hypothetical. Okay. If you could, like, Men in Black mind erase yourself to watch this movie again, having never seen it, considering how many jump scares are in it, would you mm. do it? Uh, that, that is hard to say. <laughs> that is very hard to say, and I'll tell you why. I love horror but my husband will tell you I am also very easily scared. And um, I have a very vivid imagination. So this one is a hard one to get through the first time. Yeah. It's probably more enjoyable the second time for me. Uh, but the horror fan of me is like, well, I mean, you might as well. Like, there aren't really a lot of good horror movies coming out. So... <laughs> You know, for the sake of my enjoying being scared, that's a tough one. Right, because it's like, I, I was thinking it when we were watching it tonight, mm -hmm. that I kind of wish that we had been able to kind of talk about it after the first time we saw it. Agreed. Because like... <clears throat> I think my criticisms yeah. would have been a lot different. I, I think they would have too. If nothing else, I think I would have spent a lot more time harping on how scared I was. Because yeah. like, I I am also, like, d depending on the, the material, easily scared. I can be easily scared. Mm -hmm. But I walked into this one completely blasé and got like, <laughs> just walloped over the head. <laughs> and like... <laughs> And, like, I, I honestly think I can say I have never been more frightened in a movie theater. Really? Than, than By any other movie? I cannot think of another movie that I went to see that, like, and I, th I think I've said this too before, like, I had a very hard time going to sleep that night. Yeah. After I got home. Yeah. And granted, we were living in the haunted house at that point, so, you know, maybe <laughs> it just hit a little close to home. Yeah. But, <laughs> like... Rose Byrne running around this movie going, you don't believe me. You don't believe me. Like, like, like I feel very attacked right now. But like, it's, it's, um, 
No, it was like I, I honestly don't think in the theater. Like like I don't think I can I don't think I can say I've ever gone to a movie theater to see a movie that scared me worse. Mm. You know, I don't think I have either if I'm being honest. Although you know what movie is probably almost on par with how scared I was? was The Strangers. And we should do an episode about that in the not-so-distant future. Yes, we should. The Strangers scared the shit out of me. Yes, but I was smart enough not to go to the movie theater for that one. I watched that one at home with the lights on. See, I don't know if that makes it better (laughs) or worse. (laughs) (laughs) With the lights on, with other people home. Yeah, I mean, that... In the daylight. (laughs) That movie also has some of the best scares in a contemporary (laughs) horror movie. I think The Strangers is my favorite contemporary horror movie. I think The Strangers also has has a good deal of realism going for it, whereas well, yeah. something like Insidious, there's a bit of suspension of disbelief. But you on. and I both have very vivid imaginations, and something does not have to be realistic to scare me. It just has to be <clears throat> imaginative. That's that's fair. At the <clears throat> same time, I feel like I'm far less likely to find myself accidentally astral projecting into the further than I am to be like, I don't know, sitting on my living room couch at 9 o'clock at night with no one else home. Well, yeah. There's that so thing. it's like, <laughs> you know... Yeah, I do get that. I I guess that's true. I, I it's a t- it's a tough one. I do. I love Insidious. I love The Strangers. I'm sure we'll talk about The Strangers in the not so distant future. And I'm sure we'll talk about at least one of Insidious's absolutely terrible sequels. Oh at some point God! In the, the second one wasn't. No, the second one wrapped up loose ends from the first, and it wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't horrible. I wouldn't say it was great, but it wasn't no. horrible. Um, and then James Wan leaves and all hell breaks loose. You know, like Saw. As soon as James Wan leaves, it just all falls to hell. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I went to see Saw 7 in the theaters with, Ad- really? with, with Adam. Okay. And we went Even and I, I like, had given up by then. Well, I said to him, I was like, Adam, are you sure you really want to see this? And he was like, I do. And only for one reason. He was like... I want to be able to tell my kids that I saw all of the Saw movies in the movie theater. And I was like, this is not even that great like, a promise that, to have that's made. Really, like, <laughs> like, that's a really low bar on like what you plan to tell your children I you know, did. But, I, but he did it. I mean, God like, bless him. He, he did can't it. be expecting very many life accomplishments, which is scary since he's a very successful he's person. Super, he's <laughs> actually one of the most successful, accomplished people I know. And uh, like I said, you should all go see Octet at the Signature Theater um, while Adam is there. I'm, I'm going very soon, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, this was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about Insidious tonight. Yes, I am too. And I am looking forward to, as we kind of work our way through the classic canon. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk about Insidious. Please uh, find us on all of your social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find us at SpookyGayFamily.com. And that's about it. Uh, I hope you guys had a really great time. Uh, we'll see you next time. Stay spoopy and remember... Dramatic piano flair. It was literally, that's the only good dialogue in the movie. It's 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 dramatic piano flair. The only quotable moment. (laughs) Dramatic piano flair, creepy violin. Now you're outside. Let my voice be your guide. Keep a steady stride. Into the further you go. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Insidious, distributed by Blumhouse Productions 2010. 
please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.